How's it going, Pat Finnerty? Welcome back to the What Makes This Song Stink podcast. It's a podcast, and it's the last one, which means we got the countdown happening here. Um, this song stinks. I mean, it, I should, I should. This, this could get a whole episode. I mean, not, not this part. I mean, this part is this part, right? But can anybody tell me how the verse goes in this song? The famous final countdown verse that everybody knows and loves. You know, you're walking around the store, everyone's always humming that verse to the final countdown. How does it go? Oh, yeah. Is there a bigger drop-off in, like, you know, wow, you know, this huge anthemic arena intro into... I mean, Tiger, you know, Survivor. But like Tiger's got that big riff and then rising up. But I mean the, the the Tiger riff's good, but like doesn't it like sets up, you know, like it's gonna like Lemmy's gonna be singing the thing and then you get I mean then, then I'm thinking like, you know, what other big riff you know, terrible verses. I mean, Smoke on the Water may have started it all. I mean, Smoke in the Water verse is good, but it's nowhere close to, you know? And Cat Scratch Fever is kind of like, you know, the shitty uh, cousin to Smoke on the Water. Still, Every day I hate Cat Scratch Fever. I hate that fucking song. Ted Nugent, piece of shit. Anyway, um, speaking of Europe, it reminds me of a story from back when I used to teach guitar. Let me get the strat here. Um... So I used to teach guitar back in this music store in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. And uh, this kid came in once, and he was just like, hey. And I was like, what do you want to learn? And he's like, um, the final countdown. And I was like, okay. He was like some 15-year-old kid. I was like, all right, you want countdown? It's gonna. Do you know how to play chords? He's like, no. I was like, all right, it's going to be a little tough because it's got like an F-sharp minor in there, and that's a bar chord. That's going to hurt. It's going to take you like months to get like a good one of those. Um, but D, I can get you one of those in like a month if you work really hard. Um, and he's like, no, 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 I, I just want to learn like the, the, um, the intro. And I was like, oh, you mean like the... And he's like, yeah, that's what I want to learn. So that's what I taught him. So, <laughs> so I taught him. And he learned that and then never came back. So <laughs> there was one lesson. Uh, some kid, he was good. I mean, he, he had the part down. He got that down, and then I never saw him again. So I, I've always hoped, this is probably like 15 years ago, and every now and then I'll think about him, and I hope that he never played guitar again. And, and there's a person out there that only knows how to play the intro to the final countdown. Right, so it's the last episode of the podcast, and uh, we're going to be talking about live a little later on. Um, and, and it's a good reason for me to uh, talk about why you know, the podcast um, is wrapping up here. And it's just because I found, like, you know, when I'm talking to a guest about a shitty song, um, it's fun, it's great, and I feel like there were some great moments. But, like, if I was doing a live episode with a guest, I might miss some key, you know, some key elements. For example, I mean, if I was doing Lakini's Juice, you know, live single off of their uh, Throwing Copper follow-up, S- Secret Samadhi, I might miss... Um, uh, live uh, Lakini's Juice from Homedale, New Jersey in 2019 where Chad Taylor 
in between doing his pretty bad Taylor stomps, as I call them. That's the Taylor stomp right there. Um, uh, he, he fixes his ring. You know, I, I might miss that. And, and I can't put my head on the pillow at night knowing that I missed a ring fix from Chad Taylor uh, during the intro of Lakini's Juice, you know? And that's, that's the quality that I want to bring to you. And conversely, you know, I might be having an interesting conversation with somebody, but I can't stop thinking about the bridge of Dolphins Cry. You know, so it's just, it's taking me out. You know, that's basically what I'm saying. It's taking me out. So, you know, as far as what makes this song stink goes, it needs to live in the long form video format. Because let's face it, I mean, I'm talking shit, you know, like I talk some big time shit. Um, but I feel like it's all justified when I, when I can really think about it and hone it, you know. Because if I'm just getting on a podcast every week and telling you that a song stinks, um, then I feel like it just it gets a little bit too hot takey, you know, a little a little bit too thumbnaily, you know. I I feel like a couple episodes of the podcast, like she's so high, tall Bachman. I mean that song stinks, but not enough, <laughs> you know. I mean, and like tall Bachman, he's got a show on the Beatles Network on Sirius, so it's just like I know he's a good guy. He just he just wrote a pretty shitty song, um, but I don't I don't need to use this um, platform. To, to take down tall because rock and roll is a tough place to be, man. It really is. Um, and, and live shows us that more than anything. Um, so stick around for that. Um, also, uh, I'd like to thank Starburns again for the opportunity. Um, and I would like to thank producer Adam, who was the one who got in touch with me originally about doing a podcast. You know, at the time I thought that maybe like, you know, these, these like movies that I make, these, what makes these songs stink? Like, features um i was like maybe i could do something that isn't gonna like kill me um but then i realized that doing those things is is where my real passion is so we'll be getting under the pedal mobile soon um as far as the l4 goes we still got it and it hurts right now but it's getting a little bit better and i want to thank everybody for asking um all right so we're gonna get to live but first we got a little bit of news um because buck cherry's back and they've got a new song called good time um, and if you're familiar with the outfit, it's Josh Todd and the boys. They like Appetite for Destruction more than you do. And they've been proving it for about 25, 30 years. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like night train off the tracks. Josh Todd, um, you know, Melody Man, he's got one note and he hits it all throughout a song. And they've given you hits such as uh, Crazy Bitch and uh, the I Love the Calcane song. So that's your Buck Cherry. Now they're back. Um, and they've got a song, like I said, called Good Time. I mean, did they just have like a whiteboard of like what, how many placements we could get like in Hyundai commercials or, you know, Dorito commercials or something like that? Like they have like, all right, we got to do a song about having a good time. We got to do a song about like winning something. We got to have a song about like, this is the best night of our lives. And then their manager comes in and says, no, party songs, party songs are getting sold right now. So they're like, okay, let's go with good time. Looks like there's some girls in bikinis. I mean, can you imagine, like, you know, you're trying to be an actress and, you know, you're you're moved to Hollywood and then you get the role 
and the role is for the Buck Cherry Good Time video. You know, Bikini Girl 3. I mean, the dream's got to die at some point. Like, if I had a friend who was trying to be an actress and she called me to tell me that she got the role in the Buck Cherry video where she hands off red solo cups to the guys in the Buck Cherry video, I mean, I might say, and this might be the only time I've ever said this, but, like, I might say, like, have you thought about porno? You know? I mean, it's a step up. And in case you're wondering, you know, what a child uh, would, would look like if uh, Ed Furlong and Matt Sorm got together and lit the candle, you, you got to hear with this Buck Cherry drummer. I mean, look at this fucking guy. Jesus Christ. All right, let's learn it. I'm just playing it. This is the first time I've heard this song. Every single one of these moves is the number one move. Everything that they're doing. So you got your pentatonic scale, Schwartz, and it's like you got a million different fucking bullshit riffs you could do in here. I wish I was in Buck Cherry. I mean, I'd be John and Paul. I mean, write a song called Big Game, you know? They'd love it. You know what I mean? I just came up with that on this podcast. You know, touchdown placements that could be in a fucking Ford commercial. It, it could be, you know, NFL place XFL XFL. Get up for the big game. We gotta, you got to get up for the big game. That could be the first. Get up for the big game. It's like get up to play the game or get it up. You know what I mean? It's a big game. You know, a whole lot of Rosie style. I mean, Buck Cherry. You know, I mean, sell this thing to the XFL right now. I've been on my dinner, round and on 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 and Riff. Which is like a huge move that I don't think I've ever talked about. And the move is, is that you got a, a riff, usually pretty bullshit. Um, and then you go to the four chord beata. So it's like, and it's pretty much every Collective Soul song, yeah. I think. Hold on, let me check. Collective Soul, Where the River Flows. <laughs> so there's your riff. Now it's going to go to a chord. Which is the four. Back to the riff. Right. So that's the move. Collective Soul. And then let's try one more. Collective Soul. This song is called Heavy. <laughs> they call the song Heavy. You got to think it might have a, it might have a big riff in this one. Sounds like the Rollins were uh, checking out Octune Baby. Here we go. There's your rep. See what happens with the first. Rip. Right? So, you know, it's like, it's, it's the number one playbook in all of bullshit fucking scumbag rock tunes but it's not like it's always bad I've, I've always thought of it kind of like the 
I think Squire might be one of the first. But back to riff. So I guess we could call it like a boomerang riff. You know, that might be the first time. I, I, I might be trademarking that boomerang riff. You play a riff, you do one bullshit chord, you come back and you play it again. And Squire might be the first. But, you know, if Squire's doing it, that means Led Zeppelin had to have done it. So who's the first boomerang riff? Is it Hop? Back to the riff. But, I mean, like, Zeppelin. That's cool, but it still is the same kind of thing. So Hop might be the first boomerang riff. If you could think of whatever the first one was, leave it in the comments. Boomerang riff. I think we're trademarking it here. We're doing something. We're doing something on the What Makes This Song Stink podcast. Thank God it's almost over. But anyway, yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, they'll be pushing good time. So, you know, let's just go over some of the dates here real quick. Oh, my God. I can't make it up. North Myrtle Beach, March 24th. Awesome. Uh, California, U.S., June 10th. They're somewhere in California. The venue at Thunder Valley. They don't even say the fucking city. California, U.S. So if you're in California, June 10th, and you want to check out Buck Cherry, they'll be there um, somewhere. Uh, just drive around. Maybe you can find them. But if you miss them in California, you can catch them in Huber Heights, Ohio. <laughs> so they so they put out Huber Heights, but they don't talk about what town they're, they're playing in California. But Huber Heights, Ohio. Miss them there. Huntington, New York. Lynn, Massachusetts, uh, Northfield, Ohio. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a barn burner. That's gonna be a hot show at Northfield, Ohio. If you miss them there, it's all right. You got them in Joliet, Illinois, um, and then uh, they're at Welch, Welch, Minnesota. Awesome, and they're giving you ample notice for that Welch show, September twenty second. But you know what I say? Uh, never want to miss a Welch show. So you can check them out there, and then they're they're gonna be closing things out. In Deadwood, South Dakota. South Dakota's a great rock market to end your tour in. And uh, but at least it's in Deadwood, you know, one of my favorite shows uh ever. So that's your Buck Cherry tour date. Um, make sure you go out and check out the cherry. And uh that was our news. And now uh let's talk about whatever sponsor Starburns got for us for this episode. So we get to enjoy a commercial and then we'll come back and we'll talk about live. All right, so we're back here on the What Makes This Song Stink podcast finale. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about the boys from York. Uh, we're heading to shit town. Now, you know, if you've been following my bullshit, you might know that one of my favorite things in this whole world, and that's, you know, for my entire life, has, has been the fact that there's two Chads in life. I mean, there's nothing funnier. You know, it's hard to do. It's hard to have two Chads in a band. You know, and, and it's been a go-to for me. Um, it's a great icebreaker. You know, hey, how's it going, Pat? Uh, did you know that the Live has two chads? You know, long-lasting friendships have happened because because of the boys. You know, I mean, I think I've gone to weddings. Um, and uh, so it was obviously devastating for me when I found out about a year ago that uh, that we lost one of them um, at, at Fired Chad Taylor from the band. And, and we only had one chat left in life chat gracie um but at least we still had one you know that was until uh six months seven months ago when ed fired the whole band and um and then we were chadless 
Uh, there was no chads left in life. Now, you know, and people were reaching out. You know, I was getting texts like, hey, man, have you heard? And I was like, yeah. You know, have you heard? <laughs> and I knew what they meant, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it was rough. And am I listening to live? No. Um, but in full transparency, you know, I was 13 when Throwing Copper was out. And, you know, I, I my sisters had it and I listened to it. And I'm not going to try to be too cool, you know. But then, then I quickly realized that uh, this band was, which mu- was much closer to a vertical horizon than it was to uh, anything that I was that I was into. Um, but it still didn't mean that I, I haven't enjoyed the story. I mean, it's it, there's a couple of stories in, in rock and roll that that I've that I've really enjoyed through the years. One of them, Van Halen, of course. Um, you know, R.I.P. V.H. But I mean, there's nothing better. And I'm not listening to OU812, but I do I do have a copy of Red, my uncensored life in rock, Sammy Hagar, right here at the ready at the ready uh, whenever I need it because there's nothing funnier. Then, you know, instances where Eddie says, next time Roth talks to me, you better be wearing a cup. I just said, you ever speak to me like that again, you better be wearing a cup. Um, so, you know, been following live through the years, trying to figure out exactly, you know, what's going on. They replaced Ed Kowalczyk for a little bit, 2013 to 2017. But there isn't a lot of information out there. And the name of the band is Live. That's the toughest Google in town. I don't even think they could Google themselves. Just me trying to find that live Lakini's Juice live was hard, you know? But I found it. I found the live Lakini's Juice live from 2019. Um, so it's been challenging. But I was able to find bits and pieces. I mean, Ed put a new band together, you know? and you, So you could still go out and hear live, and it'll sound exactly like live, because pretty much anybody could sound like live if you just play a G chord. Um, but like, you know, it's, they're not named Chad, you know, and I was hitting dead ends trying to figure out what was happening if we're ever going to get him back, um, until about a month ago when I got a text and then I got another text and I got another text all within like a half an hour and they all had the same link because my friends know. And, uh, you know, it was to this Rolling Stone article that like kind of gives us all, all of the stuff that we want. If you're into this, you know? And uh, chances are, if you're still listening to this podcast right now, you are. Um, we're, we're finding out amazing things. I mean, Chad Gracie was was called. Uh, he was at the Adult Video News Awards. First interview. News. Adult Video News Awards. Uh, he took the call. Chad Taylor. Um, you know, he was smoking cigars. You know, there's this manager who may have taken all of their money like four times uh, to try to start a fiber optic company. This, I mean, it is one of the wildest uh, stories I've ever read. And I read it like three times. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I've got one more podcast to do. And if I'm going to have a guest, I got to find the guy that, that wrote this thing. So I look him up. His name's Andy Green. And then I'm thinking like, wait a second, this is a Rolling Stone article. I don't think I have this kind of pull to get like a Rolling Stone guy. Until I look up in the corner of my studio and I remember that I got girl. Andy? Yes. I got Grohl, and I don't know if you know this, but if you get Grohl, it pays off. And let me tell you why, because I'm talking to you right now, and I can only, and it all goes back to Grohl for me, because I had a contact at Rolling Stone, so I was like, wait a second. Um, so that, that's just how my excitement um, is, is, is showing. First of all, Andy, uh, I want to thank you 
from the bottom of my heart for putting together this article. And uh, and yeah, and I'm wondering how long have you been thinking about the band live? And then, you know, like, because I know that you did the article on Chris Shin as well. So let's let's take yes. it back to November. Chris Shin was the was the uh, the front man who replaced Ed Kowalczyk. Um, so you know, did this all kind of start with the Shin article? And uh, if you could just take yeah. me through your thinking there. Yeah, it goes back even further. I'm obsessed with replacement lead singers and bands who bring in new singers and what happens there. Like your, your Gary Sharones, your John Karabis, your Absolutely. I just find those people's stories fascinating and so i began a franchise that's called king for a day in which i interviewed them mm-hmm. and i've done a ton of these i'll speak with steve O'Jerry from journey or ray wilson from genesis blaze blaley from iron maiden have you talked and... to tim have you talked to tim ripper owens yes i have yes i have <laughs> and he was fascinating he was like the patron saint of the replacement singers is tim ripper owens he sort of started the whole trend um have you ever talked to jeff gutt from Stone Temple Pilots, you know, Jeff Gutt. I spoke to the lead singer of Talk Show. Dave right. is, is still the singer. I still talk to him. This is when I know that I'm talking to a heavyweight because he just referred, for those of you who, who missed this, so this very subtle thing that just happened with Andy Green from Rolling Stone, you just daved the lead singer of Talk Show, the side, pro- the Stone Temple Pilots side project. You're like, oh yeah, Dave. You're like, you know, and I still talk. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. I'm so into, I'm so into what you do, man. It's so awesome. I mean, it's just these uh, guys, they're the best fucking guys to talk to. Yeah, it, they, they know everything. That, that no one thinks of this, that there's people with such great stories that were there for everything that nobody fucking talks to. Nobody. You know, it's always my thing that the drummer is always the best guy or the, or the bass player. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love Neil Young. I, 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 I see a shaky copy back there. Uh, but to interview him, which I've done, is a fucking nightmare. But Crazy Horse, like Poncho, I could interview him all day long. I do. Right. It's so much better. A very close second to like talking to Paul. I actually would rather talk to like Rusty Anderson because Rusty Anderson yes. knows what it's like. Like I interviewed the guitar player for Jeff Lynn's band because I was just like, yeah. Jeff's Jeff's going to go, all right, great. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, we do these songs and the sound is better now. So I'll yeah. do it live. But like talk yeah. to the dude who plays with them and you get that experience of what it's like to play and what, yes, it's, you exactly. know what I mean? And that's what I want to hear about. You know what I mean? It's so, so much more interesting. Yes. And I started to run out of the obvious ones. I just Googled 90s bands and found some, sh- I found just some long list on some shitty website at 90s bands. I'm going to write a and I see live and I was like, huh. They had a new singer, right? So I Googled it, saw his name, went on Instagram, just messaged him. I'm like, hey, man, I love the interview about being alive. And he was sure. Okay, you can call me up. So I called him up and he told me this whole crazy story. And he's like, this is nothing, man. Like, there's so much more crazy shit happening. And I got sort of interested in it. I got all their email addresses. I emailed all four of them. And I only got a response from Chad Taylor. And he was like, come to Lancaster, man. I'll tell you the whole story. So I go, great. I got in the train. I went out there, spent two days with him, got the whole story, came back. I emailed the guys again, got uh, no comment from Ed Kowalczyk. I got a very short statement from Patrick Dahlheimer. And Chad Gracie said, give me a call. 
let's stop there for a second. One of my favorite parts of the article is where Chad Gracie told you to give you give him a call. And when you called him, can you tell everybody where he was? Yeah, he was at the Adult Video News Awards. But he said one of his friends sells adult toys or something, and he was there with him. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Uh, in the Shin article, he he said that they would at times liken themselves to you too. Did you pick up on any of that yourself when you were talking to Chad Taylor? They he did that several times. Yes, in the idea that they met in high school at a very young age, were making music as teenagers. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I could still get together with my <laughs> high school band. I mean, I could call up Peck on and see if he wants right. to play drums on a gig this weekend, but it doesn't mean that I'm headlining Wembley. Um, yeah. you know, these guys are coming <laughs> off the Summerland Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, from York, Pennsylvania, give it up for love! I always kind of thought of them as kind of like, you know, the Matchbox, Matchbox 20's White Album. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. They, they, they explored a little bit, like, you know, they had murmur, you know what I mean? Matchbox 20 had, yeah. had 10 invite, it had 10 in verses and, and two of the guys in live had murmur, right? The downside of this wonderful article that you wrote and that everybody should read is that yeah, now right. I, I mean, Chad Taylor's a, he's a sad sack, you know, like, and, and we're all on this planet. We got it rough. I, I always said about him, he's a chin strap waiting to happen. And I knew that. And when you said that he was smoking a cigar, I knew that he was a cigar smoker. It just looks like it, you know, yeah. inherent cheesiness. And now I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, did you did you kind of get that sense? Yeah, I think. And we've talked about it, how to make a lot less money in your 50s than you did in your 20s is hard. You get used to a certain lifestyle, a certain income stream. And then one day it's just cut off. Uh, it's very difficult when you're famous at a young age and even the fame just kind of goes away a bit. I think that's hard too. Mm -hmm. And I think he's just confronting a lot of challenges. You know, at the same time, I felt bad for him. You know, his band is still out there and he's not in the band. If you saw live in 20, in 2015 and you saw live last week, it's entirely different people. There's not one same person on that stage. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but there's one story that I didn't have room for that I might write later that was a big point of contention on that last tour. That uh, before a big festival in 2017, that Chad Gracie fell in his kitchen. He really hurt his arm. Okay. He couldn't drum. So they brought in a replacement drummer. And they sort of put Chad, they put Chad Gracie on the side of the stage and he, he sort of played percussion with one hand. As he recovered, he wanted to go back and be the main drummer, but they kept the replacement drummer, and there was two drummers for a long time. And this drove Gracie nuts that they didn't get rid of the replacement drummer like after he healed, and that just caused a lot of tension. Wait a second. So I missed a whole there, – there's live footage of, two, of a two-drummer live? Yeah, in 2017 and 18, even 19 – they changed the location of the second of the of the the second drummer, but they didn't get rid of him. And they made an they they recorded a EP in twenty eighteen or nineteen with the other drummer playing, and this caused 
huge ways. I I might do a whole a whole second article that's just about the drummer drama because it was intense, and that second drummer is still alive. <laughs> this is amazing. You're you know yeah. I'm I kind of feel I'm embarrassed right now that I didn't know that I didn't know that there was a two drummer drama. I mean, they went Almond Brothers. <laughs> They're playing Dolphins Cry. There's two drummers on Dolphins Cry. Unbelievable. I can't wait. To yeah, I can't it was wait. crazy. I can't wait to look that up. Hanging in Lancaster with Chad Taylor. What's the vibe? Is he walking around? Is he a rock star? Is he is he down and out? Is is what's uh, you know what's what's it like? Uh, he seemed like a regular guy. I mean, he was a little peacocked out, I guess, with, with, with his outfit and his scarf and everything. He was recognized occasionally, uh, but he sort of blended in most of the time. Okay. But there's a, there's a scarf involved, which means that I still think that he has the flame. You know what I mean? If he's yeah. still if he's still scarfing on a you know 55, <laughs> 60 degree day, I'm gonna say that there's that he's still doing all right. That's that's good for Chad. I'm I'm glad he's out there. And um, uh, and the thing is, is that Chad Taylor's very fond of the current lineup. He knows these guys. He likes these guys. He had nothing but praise for them, and he has paid for every concert. You know, that they have a deal worked out where the where the ex members still get a piece of of the touring money. Right now, have you run into that with a lot of bands, like with replacement members? I mean, listen, I'm gonna yeah, fire you, but you're gonna get a piece he, of the live. Ed somehow got Gracie's fifteen, which gave him fifty-five, which is a controlling, you know, stake okay. in it. Uh, but there's, but Allied Inc. is still kind of shared by all. It's very complicated. That there's different entities. So the trademark is owned by all of them. So they tour and call Allied and use the trademark and all that stuff. That there had to be a deal worked out. Okay, this is a fucking nightmare. I mean, is there? Yeah. You, is this? Is, you've been doing this a long time, Andy. Is this? Is this the most yeah. dysfunctional band that you've ever encountered? Yes. Yes. And I've dealt with Aerosmith at the lowest of the low when they wanted to fire Steven Tyler, and they told me as such. Um, I dealt with Fleetwood Mac stuff that was insane. That was really hysterical. I got Stevie and Lindsay on the phone back to back, just trashing each other. Uh, I, I could go on forever, but I've never did had you, this. Did, did Aerosmith, did they really think that they were going to replace Steven Tyler? How close was it? It came, it was... So bad in 2009-10 when he fell off the stage and they had to cancel all these shows. He was on drugs and lying about it. And they were so angry that he got his own management. It was so bad uh, that, at least to me, there was whispers that I got a hold of that there was at least talk of thinking about Lenny Kravitz. To kind of sing with them. And that's what John Kalander told me. It was maybe just his idea. But that idea was floated into the ether at some point. Wait, are you just casually dropping Claudner on me here, Andy? So you're just saying that <laughs> Claudner comes in and he's Claudner yeah. was pushing for Kravitz? Come on. Yeah, it's true. It was it was so toxic at that point. They didn't know what to do. And this... Lenny is not somebody who says no a lot, you know, so it could have happened. All right, breaking news. Lenny's a yes man. Didn't know that. Andy, do, yes. you, need, do you need another friend? Uh, and if yeah. so, you know, have you been to Philadelphia recently? So, you know, all right. So Lenny's going to, can you imagine Lenny coming in and saying a dude looks like a lady? I mean, it, it would be hey. like, first of all, he's not hitting any of those notes. Steven Tyler's, you know, nobody no. could really sing Steven Tyler. You would need to like, you know, you need to bring in 
I could yeah. see like Joe Pear bringing in like Gretchen Wilson or something like that. Like, yeah, we'll bring in that uh, right. country artist. You know what I mean? Switch it up a little bit. But, you know, um, Kalodner was thrown in late. Andy, I can't thank you enough. I would keep you on this interview for five hours if I could. But And again, I just put eight pages in the magazine. I could have gone 10 times longer. I mean, I, I had to take out so much stuff just because I couldn't cram it all in there. Can you send me everything that you have? I'll take it all. I'll take I'll take the draft. I'll take typos. You don't need to clean I, it up. I'll do it. I, you know, I just want it for me. I, I, won't, I won't do anything with it. Right. Well, listen, even though we know that this band, like I said in our email, makes uh, you know, Van Halen, the Van Halen story look like the traveling Woolberries. If you had to put all of your money, Andy Green, on whether or not the Chads play I alone with Ed Kowalczyk again in this lifetime how much are you putting on it I've talked to so many bands that hate each other and reunited or have not I've never talked to people with this much raw hatred for each other I mean this burning obsessive hatred of each other and so at the moment it's really hard to see but time does a funny thing money does even funnier things Mm-hmm. Uh, very well could happen but right now there's not even a glimmer of a possibility of that happening in the near future speaking of glimmer it rhymes with shimmer have you ever talked to brett scallions from fuel and then i'll get you out of here no i'm not i've not talked to him all right well why don't you get in touch with scallions give him a give give brett scallions a big long article in rolling stone andy thank you so much for coming on what makes this song stink everybody go read the sure. article it's up uh, Google it, buy the magazine, read this article, and uh, and we have this person to thank. Thank you so much, Andy. Of course, yeah, thank you. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Andy from Rolling Stone, and uh, I want to thank him again for coming on. That was a thrill. Um, and also, you know, live, they're. I hope they work it out. I do. I really do. And I hope they work it out for themselves. And you know, they were just kids playing music and. Yeah, you know, Dolphins Cry. I don't know about that. But, you know, people like the band and whatever. And Lightning Crashes is like five minutes long. And Jesus Christ. But, I mean, like, it's it, there's worse. Hopefully, they can uh, right the ship and get out there and play all over you together at some cruise with the Jim Blossoms, you know, in 10 years. So that's it. This is the end of the last What Makes This Song Stink podcast. It was a podcast. And uh, thank you to Scott McMicken for uh, giving me the uh, strumming song to play at the end of each podcast episode. And I don't think he released it, but it's you can listen to it at the end of the podcast or just like screen record it or something. But I also know he has a uh, new album coming out with a new band called Scott McMicken and the Ever Expanding. The album's a heater. You're going to love it. It might be out now. I think it's coming out in March or April. So uh, check that out. And, uh, you know, thanks to you for listening to this goddamn bullshit and um, for all the support. So the next time you see me, we'll be under the pedal mobile. Uh, I got something big cooking, and I look forward to you seeing it. So, you know, this is awesome, though. I don't have to put the cans on anymore. Fucking love it. So, you know, I say to you, don't click the link below, and I'll see you next time. Well, you could write a country tune, set your mind on daddy's phone, and keep it simple and true to form by the way it's done. You could play the rap track. Alphabet and chewing on the phrasing. Once you get to the end of the line, it's amazing. Dropping like bombs.
a pop banger Seven figures for some running numbers I like the old ones better than the new ones Coming on too strong You could buy the folk, did it? Tell the tale of a god of a neighbor Same old story and it's always changing Going on and on and on and on Well, you could write a jazz number Hot coals and my soul is blazing The right notes are never wrong Off the top of my head Ah, you could write a poem, song Yeah.